wanted to take a second and recognize my sponsors this week. You know, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage as Edge and List Group. That's a mouthful. It is. But guess what? It's a great opportunity. You know, you can build a big Amazon business. You don't need a lot of capital when you start. I mean, we all started, you know, well, most of us started selling books. And then you move into retail arbitrage. That is the place that you can turn your money the fastest in online arbitrage. And so by having that skill set, by learning those skill sets, you can get the best bang for your buck. And so Gay's group will help you learn online arbitrage. It's it's more than just a list service. They're going to give you a whole bunch of actionable inventory every single day, right? Monday through Friday. However, there's also a mentorship that goes on. And that mentorship is so important because sometimes it's great to know what to buy, but it's more important to understand why to buy it. Yeah, it's that you know, learning to fish or just getting fed. You know, you really want to learn because ultimately you want to strike it on your own. And this is a great way to do it. So how about seven days free trial? How about a free trial? Right. Very, very cool. So it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash is a mouthful. The word momentum. You got to use a hyphen and you put in the word arbitrage. So it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitrage. And you're going to get a free trial in Gay's group. You got to tell her I sent you, right? I'll also have the link in the episode. But it's such a great opportunity. She is amazing, amazing. I'm in that group, so you'll see me there. An amazing, amazing person who's there to answer your questions, who's there to help lead you and help guide you. And that's what Gay does. She does it every single day. The testimonials are real. Go take a look. You will be blown away. And again, it's a free trial. I have the link on this episode. Reach in. You know, Seller Labs, uh, Jeff Cohen and the team, they have blown me away with this scope project. We use this all the time for our business. We do a lot of uh, private label. We also do a lot of wholesale and wholesale bundles, you know, or multi-packs, that kind of thing, which a lot of people do. But we use um, scope to help us figure out what are the keywords. And so it's really simple. You basically figure out where you're going to sell, what you're going to sell, what category, find that like product, find the top couple sellers, and find their keywords. Boom, magic, there you go. You copy the best because it's working. And guess what? That's a proof of concept, and Scope allows you to do that. So it's sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum, and you're going to get couple days free trial and you're going to save a little bit of money and you're going to get some free keywords it's worth every penny i'm in that group come and check me out sellerlabs.com forward slash scope again use the word momentum solutions for e-commerce karen locker great 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 group i've been using them for a long time I guess it's over two years and I'm in there and I pay just like everybody else. Yes, she's a sponsor of my show, but she makes me pay and I got the same $50 discount that you can get. Oh, by the way, you're going to get that through my link and my link only. Oh, and you're also going to get the free inventory health analysis. Great way to start 2018. Get your inventory in line and Karen will help you do that. We use them for everything. I mean, basically, uh, you know, long-term storage fees coming up. Guess what? She'll evaluate, she'll make some recommendations, and I'll say, yep, check, 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 take these out, this, return, blah, 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 and magically it's done. I love it, love it, love it. I love the fact that they take and get rid of stranded inventory for me. I see it in there, and then next time I go in and it's gone. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Got an IP infringement? She's going to help you work your way through that. This is the kind of service that you get from Karen Locker. That's solutions for the number four e-commerce solutions for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum, right? So you got to forward slash momentum and you're going to save $50 a month. 600 bucks a year by just clicking that link. She pays me. I don't want to hide that. I never do. I'm always upfront about that. But it doesn't cost you anything additional. And you're going to get that inventory health report. The only way you get that is through my link. Solutions, the number four, ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Okay, let's be what call it. Um, next level, licensing.com forward slash momentum. Uh, join it. You know, uh, will he market to you someday? Probably. But you know what? Then by then you'll know this is for me or it's not for me. In the meantime, it's free information that he's willing to share. And I watched him share uh, when we were at the show last year. And I saw somebody take advantage of that sharing and build something bigger and has really blown up their business too um, because of what Paul was willing to help them with. And so, you know, take advantage of if this is something that you think will connect with you. Um, great guy. Reach out to him. Um, just a terrific guy. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at EcommerceMomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes. group that's a mouthful it is but guess what it's a great opportunity you know you can build a big amazon business you don't need a lot of capital when you start i mean we all started you know well, most of us started selling books and then you move into retail arbitrage that is the place that you can turn your money the fastest and online arbitrage and so by having that skill set by learning those skill sets you can get the best bang for your buck. And so Gay's group will help you learn online arbitrage. It's it's more than just a list service. They're going to give you a whole bunch of actionable inventory every single day, right? Monday through Friday. However, there's also a mentorship that goes on. And that mentorship is so important because sometimes it's great to know what to buy, but it's more important to understand why to buy it. But yeah, that's that you know, learning to fish or just getting fed. You know, you really want to learn because ultimately you want to strike it on your own. And this is a great way to do it. So how about seven days free trial? How about a free trial? Right? Very, very cool. So it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash. This is a mouthful. The word momentum. You got to use a hyphen and you put in the word arbitrage. So it's amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum dash arbitrage. And you're going to get a free trial in Gay's group. You got to tell her I sent you, right? I'll also have the link in the episode. But it's such a great opportunity. So she is amazing, amazing. I'm in that group, so you'll see me there. An amazing, amazing person who's there to answer your questions, who's there to help lead you and help guide you. And that's what Gay does. She does it every single day. The testimonials are real. Go take a look. You will be blown away. And again, it's a free trial. I have the link on this episode. 
reach in. You know, Seller Labs, uh, Jeff Cohen and the team, they have blown me away with this scope project. We use this all the time for our business. We do a lot of uh, private label. We also do a lot of wholesale and wholesale bundles, you know, or multi-packs, that kind of thing, which a lot of people do. But we use um, scope to help us figure out what are the keywords. And so it's really simple. You basically figure out where you're going to sell, what you're going to sell, what category, find that like product, find the top couple sellers and find their keywords. Boom, magic. There you go. You copy the best because it's working. And guess what? That's a proof of concept and scope allows you to do that. So it's sellerlabs.com forward slash scope, sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Use the code word momentum and you're going to get couple days free trial and you're going to save a little bit of money and you're going to get some free keywords. It's worth every penny. I'm in that group. Come and check me out. Sellerlabs.com forward slash scope. Again, use the word momentum. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker. Great, great, great group. I've been using them for a long time. I guess it's over two years and I'm in there and I pay just like everybody else. Yes, she's a sponsor of my show, but she makes me pay and I got the same $50 discount that you can get. Oh, by the way, you're going to get that through my link and my link only. Oh, and you're also going to get the free inventory health analysis. Great way to start 2018. Get your inventory in line and Karen will help you do that. We use them for everything. I mean, basically, uh, you know, long-term storage fees coming up. Guess what? She'll evaluate, she'll make some recommendations, and I'll say, yep, check, 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 take these out, this, return, blah, 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 and magically it's done. I love it, love it, love it. I love the fact that they take and get rid of stranded inventory for me. I see it in there, and then next time I go in and it's gone. Love it, love it, love it. Got an IP infringement? She's going to help you work your way through that. This is the kind of service that you get from Karen Locker. That's solutions for the number four e-commerce solutions for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum, right? So you got a forward slash momentum and you're going to save $50 a month, 600 bucks a year by just clicking that link. She pays me. I don't want to hide that. I never do. I'm always upfront about that, but it doesn't cost you anything additional. And you're going to get that inventory health report. The only way you get that is through my link solutions, the number four e-commerce.com forward slash Momentum. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Man, oh man, get ready for a good episode. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode two hundred and seventy-five. Paul Miller. I'm jazzed um, because I tend, I tend to record these intros right after I do the interview. And I had to redo this interview a couple times because our connection was so poor. And both of us are thankful we redid it because we got to places um, faster because um, sometimes I tend to draw it out. But we got there faster. And this is a um, one of those action type of interviews where you could take action. Because you're going to hear this story of a guy who comes from relatively humble beginnings, um, didn't go to the right schools, didn't do this and that, yet has had incredible success. Why? I mean, he's going to explain why. But that discipline, that persistence, that pushing through, all those things that you have in you, you can see in Paul. So I hope you really connect with Paul um, the way I do, because I just see 
so much of who I want to be in Paul. And man, is he a great dad. His son followed him into the military. How cool was that? Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. I'm very, very, very excited about my guest today. Um, and this is a kind of a re-interview because we had some audio problems, but because he is so disciplined, he demanded I redo it. He didn't demand anything. Paul Miller. Welcome, Paul. Thank you, Steve. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for the yeah. invite. You uh you disciplined, uh military guy, rigid. No. I, you know, that's one of the things I think about. Um, you know, first off, thank you for your service. Uh, you you did a long time in the in the service, and we're going to get into that. But you're really laid back. You're not what I would have expected to be. You know, somebody who, especially in the in the the, the type of role you had, I, you're laid back. I'm sure that's not the first time you've heard that. No, it's not, Steve. Thank you. I consider that a compliment. <laughs> um, you know, who wants to be hanging around with somebody who's a stick in the mud and, and all rigid all the time. Um, but it's certainly not the first time I've heard that. Well, I think it's a very good character trait. Um, you know, again, and, and I said this in the first version of this interview, you know, I sit there and I watch people and I watch them for a distance and I, and I, I look at them over time. I look for consistency because everybody can be, you know, it's like that job interview. You're your best, you're polished and you and I've got to hang out together. Um, and then you watch for time and you see, well, then the, the, the evil side of them comes out. There hasn't been that. You've been very consistent. You've been very generous in helping other people quietly, though. You're very you know, reserved. You kind of keep to yourself, but yet you're very uh, you're, you're helpful in a kind way. That's a good trait. Well, thanks, Steve. I, I really do appreciate that. I mean it. Uh, so, okay. So let's get into your story. So, um, Paul is a mega seller. I'm going to use that term, and uh, he has uh, had some really incredible success. And dare I say, it happened overnight? Are you an overnight success? Are you the typical overnight success? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've been in e-commerce for about two and a half years now. Oh no! Come and on! Now you're making I've me had... depressed because <laughs> I thought you were in it for forty. Uh, but the, yeah, the, the 30 years, uh, prior to that, uh, which I've been in business most of that for, uh, myself, uh, after the Marine Corps, or I should say that's including the Marine Corps. So about the t last 20 years have been in various different businesses. So those I consider a training ground for this overnight success. You know, I think that the way you just said it, though, is a great example of what, when do you have perspective? And we talked a lot about perspective prior. Let's talk about it now. Um, I think recognizing the events in your life, the things that have happened, good and bad, because everything's not rosy, as training ground um, for this next, next adventure. Because if you had success in anything, that means you can replicate it, right? If it's happened once, it can happen again. And so that training ground attitude, that perspective of training ground, really can take you very far in this business, don't you think? Uh, I completely agree. Um, I, it, as you mentioned, it kind of comes back to perspective and looking back on your you know, past life experiences, learning from them, whether they were uh, successes or failures, and 
kind of adjusting and moving forward. Adjusting. That's a good word. It's like a, somebody described this to change direction of a big cruise ship. It takes, you know, very small little adjustments and then it's a wide swath and eventually it turns, right? And you make those little calculated adjustments. So let's, let's talk about the Marine Corps. How does uh, a high school kid from Washington State end up in the Marine Corps? Well, um, honestly, it was my desire to kind of leave my little hometown, small town, Washington State, and see the world, basically. Uh, I knew that I wasn't ready for college. I wasn't exactly a stellar student in high school. In fact, the only thing that kept me in high school (laughs) was the requirement of the Marine Corps that I have to enter with a high school degree. Uh, Otherwise, I was kind of ready to to quit and get on with my life. What does uh, that mean? Course, wait, 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 stop there a second. What does that mean, get on with your life? What would that have meant for you? What were you thinking back then? I think it was uh, just independence, you know. Okay. Um, and, you know, looking back at it now with perspective, I didn't know how great I had it. Hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, kind of a, grew up with a, uh, a great parents, a middle-class lifestyle, wonderful small town, um, you know, there was nothing, I had nothing to complain about, but, um, you know, at that time in life, all I wanted to do was get out of there and see the world. Well, I think it sounds like it served you very well. And uh, you weren't in for, you know, four years and done. You did, you did some time there, didn't you? Yep. I did 11 years active duty. That's amazing. I mean, that's a long, long, when you think about pieces or segments of your life, you know, that's, that's you know, pretty up there, 20%. I mean, that's a pretty big piece of your life, that segment. When you think about the experiences that you draw from that are in that segment, what would you say are two or three of those things that you take forward no matter what from there on? So um, let me just add something to the 11 years. I was basically a career Marine. Oh, okay. So, you know, career Marine usually means 20. Mm-hmm. So I was on my way to 20. Uh, when, um, during a military drawdown, uh, they offered certain incentives to certain fields, occupational fields to get out. So, um, I kind of saw an opportunity to get out and do something different and take the incentive, um, which was basically, a um, an annuity over time. And I took advantage of that. Had, had it not been for that, extra incentive, but I definitely would have done the 20 years. But I think what I take away from the Marine Corps that um, applies to my business life, um, obviously there's there's discipline. Um, and discipline to do things that uh, you may not really want to do, um, but need to be done. And you know, I still struggle with that today, but I have the perspective of having gone through, you know, some pretty arduous times in the Marine Corps um, and saying, wow, you know, so I don't want to sit down today and rewrite the copy on my listing, but I need to get it done. And this is a heck of a lot easier than, you know, sitting in a fighting hole at freezing temperatures. <laughs> Yeah. Again, you're so back I to perspective. Take, yeah, take perspective of my situation, 
and say, hey, I'm, I just need to get this done. It could be a lot worse, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. That's that's basically what it is. It could it could be a lot worse. It's it can almost all the time. It can be a lot worse. Yeah, that and that's fair. Um, if you look at the other side, right? I mean, when you think about things, right? When when yeah, there are some things that just stink. Nobody wants to do it. But it's like I I just had a discussion with somebody where they were like, Steve, are you working on your business or in your business? That's what their comment was because I'm working in our warehouse. I, you and I know that Andy and I have a warehouse, right? And they're like, well, are you working on your business or in your business? I sat behind a desk for almost 30 years. And I, and I you know, sat in meetings and board meetings, board, B-O-R-E-D, and, and hmm. forever. And so I'm now doing a little bit of physical work, and I must admit, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm sure it'll get old, you know, and I'm sure, you know, I shouldn't be doing some things, and I could pay somebody $12 or $15 an hour in my community to do it. You're right. Absolutely. But I want to enjoy a little bit of it for because I haven't done it. And so my, how I get through it is I sit back and say, man, I could be sitting behind a desk, and it's beautiful outside, and I'm going to be, you know, cutting our grass or doing something silly like that. It's perspective again, right? It's It's... It's bad to some people because they have to do it. But if you take the other uh, observation that you could be standing at attention, I think your example, the other the other interview was standing at attention for an hour with sand fleas biting you and you can't swat them away, right? That's right. That's a perspective. I mean, it's not so bad. You know, I'll, um, yeah, perspective is everything. I'm just going to expand upon that for just a minute because uh, you and I talked about it earlier. Uh, and we talked about um, kind of life, putting life experiences into perspective and um, looking at the opportunity we have ahead of us here, which is just amazing. For uh, old dudes. commerce now. <laughs> right. You know, I was very fortunate to be able to travel all around the world and, you know, meet a lot of people in different cultures. Uh, for a portion of my time in the Marine Corps, I was an embassy security guard. Oh, wow. So, you know, even though that, you know, the act of standing post for eight hours or 10 hours a day is pretty boring, uh, the rest of the time you get to meet a lot of really interesting people and live in the culture, uh, which is really a unique opportunity um, for embassy guards because normally you're living on a base somewhere if you're in the military uh, for the uh, Marine security guards, you live in a, in a house within the community, just all kind of living in a house together. So you really get a chance to, um, you know, taste the flavor of the of the culture and the community and get to know people. When you do that, when you think about that, does it, when things get tough, let me say it that way, when things get tough, because they get tough for Paul, just like they get tough for Steve, right? When they get tough, are you able to draw back at that and sit back and say, you know, I still have it better. You know, I guess I don't, I don't want to get ahead at their expense. I don't mean it that way. It's just, it's, it's, I guess we're back to that perspective issue. I mean, does it give you the ability to sit back and say, it's a much bigger world. This is but a moment in time, get past it. Now move on. Let's get to the next. Yeah. It gives me great perspective. You know, I can still recall, um, living in Turkey and being invited, um, you know, over to the local guards home for, you know, a particular celebration, a birthday party or whatever, you know, and, and, um, you get to really, you know, see how they live entrepreneurial thing of putting, you know, 
everything on credit cards, getting a loan, you know, and I had all this very expensive equipment and, and I had a ton of great clients uh, would come for us for editing and post-production. But that was also the time when uh, video editing and post-production were coming to the PC. So that was all dedicated hardware at that time. But the writing was on the wall that this stuff was coming to the laptop and to the desktop. And I was going to be out of business in a couple of years if I didn't shift. So watching the tea leaves and because how many guys did you see that didn't shift and held on? And I mean, you could buy that stuff for a dime a dozen, right? You know, now, um, not even now, but even not that long after when it did make that shift. How many guys tried to hold on and didn't transition? What was it? That gave you, I mean, I would be fearful. I mean, is that another military, you know, thing that you, that, that you learn is the, you know, the push aside the fear, just get through it? <laughs> well, um, being fearless, it can be, um, uh, you know, a great attribute. Um, yeah, if we're saying but... run up the hill, right, <laughs> with the, and take that hill. <laughs> Right. But it also can be pretty risky in business, too. Mm. And I definitely uh, learned my lessons about kind of that never say die attitude uh, later on in, in another business. And I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, so fearlessness can be good, but you definitely have to, um, you know, keep reality in mind. Hmm. There is a there is a line, right? There is a. You know, you, I always say you can't roll it all on seven. You know, you can't bet everything. But the, you you and I know people who do, and they just keep winning. Um, they just have it. Now, m my opinion, they're outliers. I'm not an outlier. Steve knows he's not an outlier, and I'm okay with that. But, man, I see them, and I, I start thinking about it, and then I'm like, nope, that's not me. Pull back. So thinking about failures, um, you had a pretty significant uh, part of your life that you would consider not successful. Is that a, is that a fair statement? That's probably an understatement. <laughs> an understatement. And now, it's not all unsuccessful because you start to have some level of success like most. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I can do no wrong, right? You get a little bit of Teflon. Your, dare I say, ego comes in. Is that all? Are those all fair? Uh, I say so. Yeah, okay. I definitely got a... Um, dose of reality. Ooh. Um, so I transitioned out of the multimedia business and had a little bit of time on my hands to figure out what to do next. I definitely wanted to do my own business again, but I didn't want to have to figure it out on my own. So I was really spent about six months looking at different franchises and different franchise opportunities in the service sector, product sector, and settled on the restaurant business. Because um, that's a nice, and, easy business, right? <laughs> They're always you successful. Know, I had some very uh, misplaced ideas about, mm. uh, you know, everyone has great ideas about how fun it would be to own their own, you know, restaurant or bar or whatever. So, um, but, you know, I did my research. I talked to lots of owners. Um, and a matter of fact, uh, when I settled on the, the particular franchise, uh, I went out, this happened to be uh, headquarters in Dallas, and they said, look, we don't, we don't just accept anybody. You don't have a restaurant history, so you know what we want to do is put you in the store 
for a couple of days serving customers and see how you do. And so I did that. They called it a work experience at the time. You basically work two 12-hour days in a row on your feet, greeting customers, serving them in any way you can. I uh, finished that up, and they said, oh, thanks, you did a great job, but uh, you still don't have any restaurant experience, so we're going to pass. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I actually had a little bit of time left on my hands. Um, they said, if you want to be in the business, go out and get some restaurant experience and come back. So it happened to be a guy not too far from my home who was opening up uh, one of those franchises. And I called him up. I said, hey, can I help you open up your store? And uh, I need to get some experience. He said, well, I've already got my managers. I can't pay you. I said, that's okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm taken care of for now. I just want to get the experience. So I helped him for about three months. We had a you know, fabulous opening. All the corporate crew was there and finally got approved. Hmm. Well, that's a lesson right there. So don't give up. Um, push through it, be willing to eat some, eat some, uh, hard work for a while. Right. So three it's months, a that's a pretty pie. big commitment. Yeah. That's some <laughs> humble pie. But I mean, three months is a big, that's a big commitment. That's a, you, you put in your dues. I mean, I, I, that I would applaud you for that, especially not getting paid. Um, and so they had some success. Did, did you learn anything in that period of time? Thinking about now, you know, obviously the, the business has failed at this point. Uh, fast forward. Thinking about that three-month experience, is there something that you could have done different or you would have done different now knowing what you know? So I want to clarify about the business failing. Oh, uh, sorry, my, my I'm turn. Gonna, that's okay. Um, so, the you know, let's see. Two of the three stores that I ended up with are still operating today, but I had to transition out of them. And for me, it was... Um, I, I would consider a personal failure. Okay. Um, I was very successful in the first year. Um, we had a great store. I was kind of the new golden boy of the system for you know two or three years. Uh, about year five, which was in 2008, um, we opened up two more stores, and uh, those stores, you know, were highly leveraged against the original store. Um, they both came out of the gate actually very successful. I built two stores within nine months of each other. So it was quite a feat to get that done. But, you know, who knew we were there at 2008 on the you know, precipice of the recession? And our concept was very susceptible, I would say, to the recession. And I tried very, very hard to hang on for the next you know, five years, five or six years, and basically rode those three stores all the way down mm. and um, should have made adjustments much earlier. But I was just, you know, refusing to fail. You know, that whole that never say die attitude. I was not going to let it happen uh, to the point that, you know, I really didn't have very many general managers anymore. I was driving between store to store and working 12 hour shifts just trying to do whatever I could to keep the doors open on all three stores. You said that one of your biggest weaknesses is not knowing when to quit. I mean, is that, did that really show itself in this, uh, in this world? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, you, you just have to know when to quit. And sometimes it doesn't seem like there are any options either. 
You know, mm. I knew that if I failed on one store, it was probably going to take all three stores down. Right. In the end, um, I did end up getting out of that business all the way. Um, but if I had made that decision earlier in the process, it would have been much less painful. Hmm. Now, that pain that you describe, um, how does that manifest now in your current business? I mean, does it temper your uh, your risk meter? Does it, you know, especially does it affect your family? I mean, is your wife more guarded? Oh, <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, when you, I'm, I'm kind of a dreamer, as you might be able to tell. Um, and, you know, I had big dreams for that business. That was going to be our retirement. You know, I laid it all out to my wife. Here's what we're going to do. And so when all that comes crashing down, it, you can't help uh, but to, uh, you know, do a double take on new plans, right? So um, along with that comes um, definitely a new healthy respect for, you know, the investments that you have to make in any business especially when it comes to being leveraged or taking loans. And so I'd say that's like my, uh, one of my biggest um, uh, takeaways is leverage, you know, and this business requires leverage. If you're going to finance inventory, you need to get through Christmas. You need to take the money for inventory sometimes. And that's something I've had to struggle with. Hmm. How do you get the confidence though? Because, how do you get your confidence back? Or was yours not shaken? I mean, I would assume it was shaken. Uh, my confidence was shaken, for sure. Okay. So how do you get it back? How do you rise above that? I mean, where do, is that back to that military training, you know, adapt and overcome? Or what is it? Well, you know, um, I wish I could pinpoint it for you exactly. Um, but I'm going to say you, you kind of get it out of necessity. Oh. So as I saw the restaurant business declining and I had arranged to have a couple of franchisees take over my um, stores that were really struggling I went back to the the original store the kind of the golden goose of them and went back up uh, to work in that store and turn it back around again I knew it was going to be a long haul probably three or four years before we could turn it around and then you know pay off the liabilities of the other stores um, but during that time, uh, and this store happened to be two hours away from my home. So I was living away from home, came back from my daughter's birthday one day, 16th birthday and, uh, had a nice, uh, birthday dinner at her favorite sushi place. Uh, then took my son to Cub Scouts and during Cub Scouts, I was asked to be the pitcher for a kick kickball game and, uh, third, maybe third player up, I did a pitch and the scout kicked the ball about 10 feet to my right. And I kind of took a diving catch, hit the ground on my shoulder and kind of rolled over on one knee. And I knew something was really bad. And I had just crushed my collarbone. <laughs> and this was at the moment when I was just making some progress on bringing that store around. And I sat there on one knee 
or knelt on one knee, wondering what the heck I was going to do. Because this was a um, May time frame. I only had a couple of months of good revenue before we hit winter for that store. And the point of all this is sometimes you can't just muster the confidence. Sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Was that, I mean, you know, I don't know if you're a spiritual person in any way. Do you think that that was a moment, the moment? that things turn for you, you know, because I've heard that before. You got to pay attention. You know, if you pay attention to what's happening around you, sometimes there are signs, there are things that are leading you there. Do you think that was one of them? It was the moment that I knew I was done. I was Mm -hmm. forced out of the restaurant business um, because uh, I didn't, it evolved over the next couple of days. You know, the den leader's wife took me to the emergency room where she probably thought I was the biggest baby in the world because I started crying. And she had no idea why. Right. Um, But I knew I was done. I'm like, I can't work. It's my right arm. I'm not going to be able to do any of the things that I do at the restaurant. I had fired my general manager, so now I was the general manager. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just not going to be able, I'm going to have to rehire this guy back again. There's no way I'm going to turn the store around before the winter time. So it was definitely a defining moment. Um, but here's the, the silver lining in that moment is that I had looked at selling on Amazon probably a couple months prior to that. And was just dabbling, thinking, well, if this doesn't work out, if the restaurant business doesn't work out, Maybe I can, you know, make a living in Amazon or, or or use it as a plan B. And what occurred while I was recovering, um, basically I'd made an agreement with the franchisor to take over my store. I said, look, I'm not going to make it. You guys, uh, I'll run the store until August, transfer it over to you. And in the meantime, that was May. I said, I've got to make it. I got to make it go by August. I've got to figure out how to make a living. And uh, I did nothing but dive into Amazon during my recovery. And uh, that actually is about the time that I met one of your former guests, Kelly Fidio. I was using some of my video experience to do video reviews, Um, open box, you know, uh, (laughs) open box reviews. On Amazon, I was just doing those kind of in, in the group, trying to be service of other sellers. And I did one for Kellyanne, and we struck up a friendship. And she became my, my main mentor after that. <laughs> and um, long story short, from May to August of that year, I replaced my income. Now, you know, and I'm looking at your products. I know what they are. Were they your first products? Um because you've had incredible success, or did you stumble like most other people? Um, I didn't have any failures on Amazon, really product failures, but it wasn't my first product. My very first product uh, was a food service product. Uh, that Don't tell me silicone spatulas no, or barbecue gloves no, or something. it's a really funny one, and Kelly would tell you the same story. Paper popcorn bags. <laughs> um, little party bags, old time popcorn bags. Uh, you know, I was asking my wife one time as I started this, Hey, can you think of any 
products that you use, you know, in the schools, because she was volunteering at the school a lot that, that, you know, might be good. And she said, you know, I have to buy these popcorn bags, a thousand per case, and we don't need a thousand. We only need like a hundred at a time. So, of course, I had a lot of food service contacts. I bought a case of a thousand popcorn bags for $12. I packed them into 10 packs of 100, and we sold them for, you know, 9.99. And they were hit. And I followed yeah. all the principles of making a good, uh, good listing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> popped some fresh popcorn, showed how yummy it looked in the images, made a good listing, and really caught the fever uh, with that product. So that that is a, a simple little example of uh, solving a problem, right? Um, and taking your past. And like you said, you already had the contacts. You were familiar with the restaurant business, you know, all that stuff, and putting the two together. I think that's a great example because I always tell people, what do you do in your previous life? You know, what were the problems you ran into or what are your friends that are still in that world running into? If you could solve their problems, especially because you have inside knowledge, like in restaurant world, you knew what that means, right, how to get that stuff. Most people don't. And I think that's pretty cool. So the popcorn business was going to be it. I mean, this is going to be... The big business? No, that, or... that was a that was a side product project, really. You know, I knew that wasn't going to be my okay. my main project. Because um, uh, you're a still... dreamer. You said you're yeah. a dreamer. I didn't know if it's you were a, dreaming. Hey, like that was uh, something to test out the system and okay. you know make a few bucks. I think we were probably making three dollars a unit and selling you know twenty a day. So you know that was nice. nothing to sneeze at. Right. When 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 did your big product come to you? So as, um, while we were doing the popcorn bags, um, I was doing product research and, um, actually while doing, doing product research, I came across a, a similar product that I had used myself hmm. and I said, wow, I really need one of these and mine is broken. So let me, let me try this. And by the way, all the other ones are very expensive on Amazon. I bet I can do it cheaper. So, you know, I ordered about 100 units. Uh, actually Skyped directly with the factory owner. Ordered 100 units. Uh, had some initial success with that. Um, then I created, went to work on kind of modifying different styles, different colors. And, um, you know, again, continued to have uh, success going forward. Well, now it's it it's now it's the hockey stick that I talk about. Now we're at the hockey stick, but when you think about what did you do right? I mean, when you know, because you see people struggling. I mean, you 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 know, you're getting ready to help some people at a, at a private label conference who are struggling. How what did you do right when you think back that you think that others can replicate? Well, I think. Just thinking out of the box a little bit uh, was very helpful to me. Um, so I saw a product that was, you know, basic black generic. And, you know, the, a lot of the principles are taught in different, you know, private label courses make something unique. So, you know, instead of making uh, simple black, I went with different patterns, different colors. Uh, so, you know, being creative and I think innovation and not 
you know, don't discount your innovative ideas. One of the beauties of Amazon as a platform, it's like the best product incubator out there. Uh, you can, you know, put out an idea sometimes without a huge investment. And you can see if they, the market likes it. The real uh, turning point for us was when we took our product, which is normally for adults, and modified it for kids. Mm -hmm. And it just came to me as an idea, hey, maybe this is something that would work for kids. And, um, you know, we created our first kids version, I think it was fall of 2016, and it basically took off like a rocket. Hmm. When uh, I remember you and I met at the licensing show in Vegas, that was last year, I think. And I remember um, listening because I was sitting there taking it all in and I'm like, wow, this because that's another world. I mean, it is absolutely another world. And I remember listening to you talk about how being prepared and being professional uh, because the year before you were at that same event and you weren't. Is that fair? You weren't as prepared. You weren't as organized. You you invested afterwards. I, I, I think so. The first year was just like trying to get a lay of the land okay, uh, and understanding things. Mm -hmm. Did anybody take you there? Did you have the, like, we were fortunate because we had a Paul Miller walking us through and, and breaking us into how it works. Did you have anybody guiding you through? Absolutely not. So oh, no. <laughs> you had to I figure that out for yourself. Oh, my cold. God. It's intimidating. Now, I was learning very co from cold, and, you know, that's going to bring me to one of the points I wanted to share with you. And sometimes you just have to put yourself out there in a really unfamiliar circumstance and see what comes of it. And the reason I got to that show was once I found that we had some initial success with our kids' product, I said, wow, you know, I've got a tiger by the tail here. How am I going to maximize this? this this product and I was you know calling everybody I knew probing them asking them what would you do if you were me and one of the people that I talked to uh, suggested that I look into licensing he said you know the licensing expo is coming up in Vegas you should sign up for that so I signed up for it um, and I got and as part of the you know registration process I put myself on the matchmaker service uh, for the licensing expo and got contacted by someone who uh, ended up being, you know, my first licensor. You met her at the show. I did. Um, she <laughs> is one of your biggest fans. She, right. And what, what it, what's interesting to me is she was relatively new in the world too, right? And so t both of you were kind of stumbling along, finding your way. Is that that reasonable? Yes, absolutely. So but I think that that's and we part were both of it. small entrepreneurs. So we actually got together on the phone and through Skype and everything before the show. And we had a deal done and product made before we both arrived at the show. No kidding. And, and you can do that when you're small, right? And nimble. Right. right. Uh, and she nimble. was a, you know, children's book author. Um, you know, and I could get stuff done fast. So we had a design done. Uh, we had a character done. Boom. And we had a deal done, which was helpful because then we used that as a case study when we were pitching bigger deals. 
Well, that confidence too, right? Is that that's how you get that little bit of not a, a swagger. I don't want to call it that because you got to watch that ego thing, but a little bit more like, hey, I've done this. I can replicate this. Um, one of the most impressive things I remember seeing was your. I'll call it for a portfolio. I don't know what else, what other term that you use for the presentation that you bring to these potential licensors. Mm-hmm. What's that? What, what's that called? I would just. It was just a. A presentation. Okay, presentation. Uh, but it was printed. Basically, it was a, a PowerPoint deck printed and bound nicely. It professionally, though. So that, uh. yeah. So that, you know, yeah. I did have somebody. I hired somebody who'd actually been in the licensing business. Mm-hmm. And she was a designer. Uh, found her on, mm, I think I found her on Odesk at the time. And um, had her help me with the PowerPoint deck using her knowledge of what licensors were looking for. Uh, she's also a graphic artist, so she did a bang up job. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. And I, you know, I didn't have any frame of reference for what you had before, but you said it was pretty much nothing. And to get to that next level. And so you go along in this, and you don't just get small appointments, you get big appointments. We're talking a big deal. And you, it was cool because we got to witness, uh, well, I got to go guys. We're going to meet with one of these mega companies and you closed the deal. Yep. So the mega company was Nickelodeon and, um, I give them a tremendous amount of credit for having vision and, you know, understanding, you know, what our product could be. And, uh, you know, we ended up uh, signing a deal for four Nickelodeon properties. That's what they're called uh, to license our product with. So, you know, now we have uh, just this last uh, Q4 launched our first Nickelodeon uh, products on Amazon. It's pretty amazing. Did they have the vision or did you have to help them see the vision? Um. Do you get what Once I mean? We I mean, was them it... our numbers? Okay. <laughs> they love the vision. Okay. <laughs> so, it... yeah, they you you do have to help them see it, but you know, really, again, um, I want to go back to the. I don't think I made the statement before about putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation. I call it uh, put yourself in the path of opportunity. Hmm. So I was really didn't know what to expect at the uh, licensing show. Um, at the same time, you know, when I was invited for my first uh, meeting up at Nickelodeon on Times Square, um, I didn't know what to expect there either. And I was, you know, felt completely unprepared. Um, but I went up there with samples, um, had hired, you know, and my, with along with my designer. And, you know, we pitched the product to them. And, uh, you know, they accepted. No kidding. When you think about licensing, so, you know, when you think about where your business was, because you could, you could rest on your laurels. You've had a lot of success, right? But to get to that next level, right, if, they're, if, they, if that's the way you think of it in segments and levels and stuff like that, is there really any other way that you see without adding a whole bunch of other products for a way to level up um, a brand? So that was my big question before I went into licensing. 
is I'm asking myself, how can I scale up big and how can I protect my brand, right? Because let's face it, there are many, many sellers who are just making variations of other products out mm -hmm. there, sure. you know, or just private labeling something. Yes, we have IP, we have trademark, we have, um, you know, international patent registration or uh, applications. But still, if we were to get a big player in against us, we could, they could make it difficult for us. When you have a license um, for a product, let's say I'm holding a water bottle here. The water bottle is made by Camelback, but there's a USMC logo on the front. Perfect example of licensing. USMC does not make water bottles, right? So Camelback licensed the logo from USMC, and now guess what? They can appeal to all Marines and former Marines because they have a product that says USMC. And mostly, for the most part, USMC is not going to, you know, give that license to another water bottle manufacturer. You can get an exclusive. It's kind of rare. But it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to give, you know, uh, multiple licenses. So my point is, if you've got a great product that fits well with, I'm going to call it the property that you're targeting, for example, the property in this case being, um, uh, well, with this would have been USMC and then the water bottle is the product. But, um, you know, let's take, uh, you know, George Foreman Grill, for example. Um, what if you have a, you know, chef's knife set? Who's to say that you can't go out and get the license to make the George Foreman knife set? It's a great way to differentiate your product in the market and give instant validation. Does it also give you protection? Because that's where I thought you were going to go with it. Does it seem to give you protection knowing that Nickelodeon now has that product? Does that scare away a lot of people like, oh, they got a lot of lawyers. They got deep pockets. I absolutely think so. Yeah, so yeah. still, it, it depends on the particular contract, who's responsible, whose responsibility is to uh, protect that IP. Uh, as the seller of the product, you have to do everything you can to protect it. But it's... I'm very happy to know that if somebody's really trying to knock off my Nickelodeon product, you know, I can get they're, Nickelodeon involved. Yeah, they're going to be on your it, people yeah, they are have just a vested interest. Less likely to do it. I mean, we yeah. all know, right? You you hear all the courses say, don't go after a big brand name product. Don't copy a big brand name product because you're going to get in trouble. They're going right. to protect their IP. <laughs> oh my God, I, sitting there watching. I mean, so you know, I I probably said it in the beginning. I don't know. We've done two or three of these without the right sound and we got it right. I call you a mega seller. Um, no, I don't think that's an understatement, but you're really in that hockey stick mode and you are going straight through the roof and you absolutely believe licensing was the thing that took you. How many SKUs do you have now, Paul? Um, you know, we've got about 25 SKUs, you know, when it comes to styles and colors. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you're and, able and to focus on that business. I mean, you're not, you're not out adding hundreds of other private label. I'm not saying you're not blind to look at other products. I don't mean it to say that way because you have to be smart. But you're now completely working on developing this brand. Absolutely. Fair? Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I just like anybody else, 
you know, I get distracted and I see come across ideas for products all the time and have to, you know, pull myself back and say, no, I need to focus, you know, focus on our, our product, our brand. Um, but, uh, so I am, you know, for the most part, very focused on that. I help some other sellers from time to time, as I mentioned to you earlier, my son, who's an active duty Marine now, um, he just launched his first product in Q4 of last year. Uh, he's got about a year and a half left to go on his first hitch. So, you know, we're hopefully going to get him into a position that he can become a full-time seller as well. It's got to be pretty cool to see some small town Marine have take on the CEO role. I mean, because let's face it, you're really a CEO now. You're running a multi-million dollar business. You got some people working for you. You've got, you're dealing with big companies, right? You're not just, you know, scanning end caps at Target. I'm not downplaying that. I mean, there are people that are very successful at it. You're running this company now. What do you, what do you think, I mean, looking back, is there a way you could have seen yourself being here anyway? I'm going yeah. to ask you this. Wait, wait, here's why. Because I want to say this. Is if the answer is no, does that mean, you know, are you an outlier or is it the hard work and the dedication and the wins and losses of your life that have gotten you here, meaning that others can replicate it? That's where I was going to go. So the answer has never been no. Um, I am the eternal optimist and dreamer. Mm. So um, am I surprised I'm here? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, but the answer has never been no. Um, I'm kind of surprised at the pace it took us to get here. Um, and, you know, the amazing opportunity for us in e-commerce that we have to be able to do this and go from, you know, zero to a multi-million dollar business in two and a half years and do it from my home with a handful of employees. That's just crazy. Even as an old dude. Too. Right. You know, and, well. and starting over starting over from scratch at age 53 and be able to attain this uh, success at age 55, you know, I'm, you know, very, very grateful for, uh, it's been an amazing opportunity. I want to jump back. Um, if you don't mind and add one more point to the licensing deal, because, you know, I have had so much feedback from other sellers and questions about the opportunity. Well, Nickelodeon is not going to endorse a shabby product, right? So you know, you know, you're going to get credibility from that. Uh, you're going to get um, acceptance in the marketplace, and I mean by uh, you know third-party channels or whatever you're selling in, and then uh, potential market, huge marketing opportunities if you work the contract the right way. Imagine having you know, easy access to the Nickelodeon audience, for example, mm. or, you know, anybody who's ever bought a George Foreman grill, right? Those types of opportunities are available in licensing depending on how you, you know, negotiate your contract. But one of the biggest things for me, um, which is absolutely going to change, skyrocket our business from where it is right now, and you and I haven't even talked about this yet, is that um, it can give you inroads to other sales channels you never 
even thought possible. For example, mm-hmm. um, I'm on the edge of my seat. I must admit yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> to give you an idea, going back to this idea of putting yourself in the path of opportunity, shortly after we did our licensing agreement, I was invited to go out to Bentonville, Arkansas uh, for a Walmart summit. And of course, you know, my jaw dropped. I said, yeah, I'm all over it. I didn't know the agenda. I didn't know anything about it. I'm just going to, hey, I'm booking my flight. So I booked my flight out there, uh, have a great meeting, learn a little bit more about, you know, doing business with Walmart. Didn't get to meet any buyers or anything. But I did meet uh, another guy. He's another fellow Marine. And uh, he's been in the toy and licensing business for the last 15 years. And so we had lunch the next day, you know, traded war stories and such, and kept in contact with each other. A couple of months down the road, um, I was asked to go to the uh, Dallas Toy Fair. So I went to the Dallas Toy Fair. I get out there not knowing what to expect and find out that it's a what they call a closed show. There's a whole bunch of booths you know, on five different uh, levels of this um, exhibit center, but every booth is guarded by a gatekeeper. And if you don't have an appointment, you're not getting in. Mm. So I'm like, what am I going to do here? I have no appointments. It doesn't make any sense. So I called my buddy that I met in Bentonville. I said, hey, you know, you you know anybody here that I can meet with because I don't have any appointments? And he directed me to a couple of guys, uh, in a very uh, fast-growing toy distribution company. So I met with them. had a great response to my product. And by the time I got home the next day in 24 hours, I had a proposal for a global distribution deal. Holy smokes. The hockey stick grows. (laughs) And so they specialize in retail, right? Uh, You know, placing, they've already got, products in Walmart, Target, and Walgreens, and all these other... um, You said global. 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 So, yeah. So, you know, besides, you know, the domestic retail is going to be global. So now I'm in the position of being a licensor, and they are the licensee. How different is it, you know, I'm sitting here listening to this, how different is it sitting on the other side now? I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, but you are you able to fix the things you didn't like in your other position, right? Because you, now you're on the other side, right? So um, this is a it's a very interesting situation, and some another aspect of licensing that people should consider in e-commerce. A lot of people, you and me and others, you know, have the idea of being really successful is being out there in brick and mortar. Right, being in Walmart right. or got to be or whatever. Brick and mortar. Yeah, That's sometimes the way to make it. people say that, but what's the downside of that? You could uh, ruin your business. Is the downside, mm. right? I mean, if you're going to build an organization that has distributors and you know supply chains and the Sounds huge expensive. huge amounts of inventory that you have to purchase to meet the purchase orders requirements of these organizations, you know, you got to invest in warehousing, EDI, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And prior to meeting my distribution partner, that's what I was thinking I was going to have to do to scale my company. And the biggest problem in that is that, first of all, I didn't have any expertise, and it took a lot more money than I had. So you know, the, what my distributor proposed is, look, we'll treat this 
like a licensing deal where we license the ability to produce and distribute your product to, you know, whatever the sales channels are. And so they have taken off that burden of investing in the sales reps and the, the inventory and the manufacturing um, to be able to and, and just kind of plug our product into their existing, you know, retail ecosystem. Those are the kind of opportunities you get. If I had gone to them with just, you know, a generic product and didn't show them that I already had a Nickelodeon license, they probably would have said, see you later. Hmm. So when you think about, I mean, what it would take to run that other type of organization, the one you described, that's a completely different world, right? I mean, that is all this new stuff you have to learn. And then that takes your eye off of what you're currently doing. And so therefore, that could go, end up going awry. I mean, to me, knowing your lane and staying in it is a very powerful thing. But again, it's partnering with the right people. And you wouldn't have gotten this had you not done all these other things that have led you to this place. Mm, stepping out, as you said, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely kind of the next level. And I can tell you that I'm so much more relaxed and relieved this year post that deal because every single day I was trying to figure out how am I going to get into retail? How am I going to grow this company? Where am I getting the money? Do I need to bring on investors? Well, all that is not necessary now. And it's a trade-off, you know, because you're not oh, going to, yeah. you're going to get a fraction of the revenue or sorry, of the profit that you would have got if you're going to distribute it yourself. But I get peace of mind and the ability to grow fast. And you get to keep your eye on your existing business because, again, that's one of those things. You can't do everything, right? I mean, back to the restaurant world. You know, running three restaurants is a different uh, – uh, takes different focus than running one. Fair? Mm-hmm. So running these multiple businesses really gets complex, and therefore something has to give. So it could have been your other. So I think it's very smart, um, very mature of a two-and-a-half-year-old company to be at this level. That's real hockey stick, dude. I mean, that, ooh, well, exciting. You know, we'll, uh, the proof is in the pudding, <laughs> so we'll see how, how we look at the end of the year. Yeah, but you know, your perspective again, I think it's great. So you, you're selling on Amazon, you're selling on Shopify, you're selling on all these other channels, and now you're expanding out, but you're again, uh, you're partnering with the right people, it sounds like. Um, it's very exciting. So when you think about, you know, I want to close out soon, and I want to close out with licensing, because you know, in our in our pre-conversations, one of the things we talked about is if somebody has a great product and a great brand or a brand that they think can be a brand, they really ought to consider licensing. It's very intimidating. Having gone to the licensing show, A, you know, it's cool to see, but if you don't have an in, like we had an in, so we were very fortunate because Paul let us into his circle and, and, and it was Andy, Leron, and I, and we were able to get in and see how it worked behind the scenes. We were very, very fortunate. We didn't have that running around like you did that first time. Um, it's very intimidating, and it's not easy, and there are a lot of stumbling blocks. Um, how willing are you to help people? I mean, is that something you've thought about in the future, about helping people understand licensing? Because nobody's talking about it, Paul. I mean, nobody is, because it really is that next level. Yeah. Well, first of all, 
let me say I had a great time, you know, hanging out with you guys at the licensing show last we year. We made you laugh for sure. Yeah. Oh, we had such a blast. Um, and and just hanging out with other sellers, uh, where we can find them. But it was getting up to that point. You know, it's a completely different world. It's um, things that you have to learn about the language, right? The, just the language. If you, you can walk into a booth and talk to somebody, if you don't understand the language of licensing, they're going to know, you, you know, a rookie and, oh boy, you know, I don't know if I want to spend the time and energy to get this guy up to speed. If you have, you know, uh, say a mediocre product, but, uh, you know, at the, I think the end of that show, you know, Leon and Andy both said, you know, man, you got to do a course on this. Uh, people don't know about this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I said to them at that time, uh, yeah, I need to focus on my business. I'll keep it in mind. And after meeting with, you know, after another year, basically, uh, of doing this and kind of solidifying things and, you know, um, uh, our kind of a new arrangements with the distributor, I've given it some more thought and my goal is to develop a course, but I'm happy to help, you know, folks out in the meantime. So uh, I think the best way to achieve that is basically um, create a small uh, introductory set of videos and a little uh, uh, cheat sheet to licensing and uh, just kind of make that available to folks. For free. For free. I made mean, it just something that you would do. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's very fair because it's very intimidating. People are going to be like, wait, what does this mean? So, again, if you have a product or you're developing a product and you can see, you know, for example, like you said, you have a children's product and you want to get it to Nickelodeon. Well, good luck trying to get an appointment with Nickelodeon. And they're not going to see you. You can walk up all you want to. They're not going to see you. Um, it takes steps. It takes processes. And, you know, again, just that, that – intro packet that you had that professional packet was something that you know it's kind of an absolute I mean that had to be a big deal going into that place but that didn't just happen that took you know you learning what to do and those are the things that you can help uh, somebody start to figure out so how do they get to this information if they're interested in finding and again it's free Steve doesn't benefit in any way Um, this is free information that Paul's willing to share right so I mentioned to you before, um, you know, that I've worked with several licensing consultants in the past. I've teamed up with one of them to help on kind of some of the more um, technical aspects of licensing. Um, I can certainly share my story and my experiences. Um, but, you know, having uh, 10 or 15 years of professional experience on hand between him and, you know, attorneys and designers and stuff like that has made a huge difference. So kind of pulling together a team and uh, we got a URL. It's nextlevellicensing.com. And you put a slash on that and the word momentum, uh, you'll get an opportunity to go out there and sign up for our free uh, three video series. We're going to do three short videos, about 10 minutes each, just kind of going through overall scene and uh, some of the requirements and kind of an overview of what you would have to do. Okay. And then this is a high level. Um, and if you want more details, then that might be something you might choose to charge for. And that's very fair. Again, 
you, I always say if you got to buy time from somewhere, you want to buy time from somebody who's done it. And so if that's something. But this is no cost, no obligation. There's no nothing. An incredible amount of success, Paul. Um, the overnight success, 30-plus years in the making, right? Um, what, there are still people that are sitting there saying, this is where I want to be. This is what I can see. This is, You have done what I want to do. Um, but I'm stuck. I can't get past where I'm at. Give us something, a tip, a trick, or something you think that others can put into their business to help them get past that point and move towards that place where you are. Well, I'm going to risk repeating myself again. Put yourself in the path of opportunity. Put yourself out there, whether it's, uh, and a lot of time that means networking, whether it's on Facebook or going to a conference I can trace back almost every success to something that was, you know, some kind of unexpected outcome where I put myself in a, in a, in a situation that I was not familiar with, or I met somebody new and it just, you know, creates ideas. So, um, and reach out to folks and uh, you know, you, you also know this, uh, offer your services to somebody. I heard you say it the other day and it's amazing what can happen? What can come from that? You may end up, you know, offering, you may have done a product, be successful at it. Um, but you're stuck on that product. You offer to help somebody else. And all of a sudden you have a new product idea or you become a consultant. Uh, just, well, it's you back to your three months working in that restaurant for free. Yeah. Put yourself out there, place yourself in the path of opportunity and be open to whatever comes at you. Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Can't wait to see you in the next couple months. Uh, I'm very excited for what you're doing. I love watching from afar. And again, I look for consistency. And Paul is Mr. Consistent. Thank you so much. I wish you nothing but success. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Again, very, very. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.